All right, goodbye kids, go learn a lot. Welcome to 2017, huh? What do you think? Yep. How's it going so far? Good, good. Well, I'm 15 days into it, and I've already derailed a little bit, so am I the only one? <laughs> 15 days into it, people. That's not very much time. So we are going to be talking today about sleeping on a stone. How comfortable does that sound? When Pastor Mark and I first got married, he would always try to get me to go camping with him. And this is kind of how I envisioned camping, that, that level of comfort. Sleeping with a, a, pel a stone for a pillow and like mosquito netting for my blanket. I don't know. That's what it seemed like to me. So we're going to be talking about sleeping on a stone. So if you're like me and you had intentions of doing great things, which we still do and we still are, but you've discovered, you know what, some unexpected things have already happened. We're 15 days into the year and I wasn't planning on, insert your situation right there. If that is you and you're finding things a little uncomfortable, a little out of the ordinary, I'm here to speak with you today. I'm here to encourage you this morning because our daddy is a good God, and he knows what we need, and he knows what we need to live a life that pleases him. So let's begin. We'll read our scripture, and then we're going to have a little object lesson. Before I begin, let me just also say, there is a table in the back of the room, and we are partnering with an organization called LifeWorks. And they are a wonderful organization. We are proud to be partnering with them. It's about getting back on your feet or get taking the next level in your career. And it's a class that they offer. And we are going to be um, answering questions about that class to see if it's something that you would like to participate in if you want to go to the next place or if you want to just brush up on your skills. But Miss um, Laurie is in the back, so please... Please, we welcome you to go back and talk with her if you have questions or you want to know a little bit more about it. Okay? All right. So now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went down toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. So I'm going to ask our little um, object lesson person to come up and join me on the stage. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to the heavens. Now, he's not dressed for this, so this is the best place to be. There the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. And said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, our father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. And in you and in your seed, all the families of this earth will be blessed. For I will not leave you. This is a word for someone this morning. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. We know we're living in the new covenant, so his spirit never leaves us for those that believe. So, I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely 
the Lord was in this ordinary place, and I didn't know it. Amen. The first thing I see, I'm going to take a few thoughts about this scripture, and we're going to highlight them. And, and Pastor David is going to be comfortable. He's looking at me like, how long am I going to be laying here? Just shift around, get comfortable. You're not any better than Jacob. You're just going to have to, there we go. <laughs> you just never know when you're called into duty at Northwest. I think we have another stone over here. Uh, Mr. Strombeck could come up and join him if, if you feel so. <laughs> I, you fooled me. I thought you were coming all the way up. All right. <laughs> That's a young man's game, isn't it? <laughs> okay. If it was 10 years younger, I'd be down there too, but no. All right. Know the source of your dreams. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham. Now, it's interesting because God gave Jacob this dream. The dream was from God, but God was also in the dream. He saw God in the dream. God was talking to him from the dream. So this tells me that the dream that God places in your heart, the dream that's from God, he wants to be a part of that dream. He wants to be the one that will bring that dream forth. A lot of times what happens is we'll... we'll, we'll figure out, we'll, we'll uncover a dream that God has placed in our heart because of our passion, because of our gifting, because of the people he's placed around us, because of, of our abilities and our capacities. We'll uncover a dream. We'll hear from God what, what dream he's placed in our heart, but we get busy going about that dream, setting goals so that that dream can become a reality, and we disconnect the dream from the dream giver. And so in this dream, the Lord is reminding us he is high above it. He is the source of the dream. And he's saying, I want you to get to know me. Get to know what I'm about. Love me with all of your heart. The Bible says, take delight in the Lord. Take delight. And I love that word delight. Because it's, it's, we all know what it means, but we don't really use it a whole lot. It's, we don't go around our day saying, I delight in the joys of my husband, or I delight in the food, although those of us that are fasting, are you uncomfortable yet? Okay, well then you're staying there till you say you're uncomfortable. We don't really, we don't, <laughs> we don't really go around saying the word delight, although those of us that are fasting, we think, I delighted in that cup of coffee. I delighted in that sugar. But, but the word delight means to take joy from. That, that, that is the source of our joy. And the Lord is saying, I want to be the source of your joy. Not your husband, not your wife, not that job that you find a lot of fulfillment in, not your grandkids, oh, not your children. I want to be the source of your joy. And, and... That means after that, I will give you the desires, the dreams of your heart if you make me the source of your joy. That's hard to do. I mean, you know, you kind of think you, you, you pat yourself on the back if you get through the day and you've prayed on a regular, consistent. If you've prayed throughout the day, you think that's, that's really good. Or if you remember to ask God before you make a big decision, that's good. 
But he is saying, I want to be the source of your joy. That's a whole nother thing. You do that. You make me the source. Get to know me. I'll give you the dreams, the desires of your heart. For, your, for those of us in small groups, do you love your dream more than the dream giver? There's just one more thing I want to say before we go to the next point. Sometimes people are, are hesitant to give God their whole heart, to make him their source. And I think it's because deep inside, we believe that God is a taker. We believe that God wants to take a dream from us. We believe God wants to take a job from us. We believe God wants to send us someplace we don't want to go. We believe that God wants to take something from us. But I am here to encourage you this morning that God isn't a taker. God is a giver. He is a giver of life. He is a giver of dreams. He is a giver of blessing. He is a restorer of relationships. God is a giver. And if we make him the source of our joy, he's saying, please, my daughter, please, my son, make me the source of your joy because I want to give you blessing. I want to bless you, my daughter. I want to bless you. I am a giver. He was the first dreamer. That's where we get it. We get it from our daddy to dream, to use our imagination to think outside what we know and have today. God is a giver. Get to know him as a source for your joy. Amen? Amen. Know that God is with you in that uncertain place, Pastor David. He is with you in that uncertain Are you still <laughs> He is so comfortable. Hey, you're messing up my point. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. You're supposed to be shifting around, being uncomfortable. There we go. Now you're with it. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely God is in this place, and I didn't know it. God is in the ordinary place where you're sitting today. Now, if you're at the top of your game, you don't need anything else. Thank you, sir. Keep it up. That's good. You don't have to shift quite that often, but yes. This is Jacob sleeping away. I'm hoping the styrofoam rocks don't give way, but we'll see what happens. My, my husband, God love him. I'm always coming up with some crazy scheme. Honey, will you build me? Remember that time we had the nine-foot giant on stage? Honey, will you build me a nine-foot giant? Honey, will you build me a rock that I can? And he's just like, yes, darling. He's the best in the whole world. You've got to love him. So anyway, Pastor Mark, not like he doesn't have enough stuff to do, right? Know that God is with you. In the uncertain places. So as I started to say, if you're here today and everything's checking off okay, relationships, check. Job, check, check. I'm getting promoted next month. Marriage, check, check, check. My wife, we got it going on. My husband, he's buying me things. We're doing, having fun, going on trips, seeing the world. Check, check, check. If that's you, just take good notes because one day, you're going to be in an uncertain place. How do I know this? 
because we're all alive and we're all moving. And that is the nature of the world that we live in. We all walk through trouble. So take good notes. Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, this ordinary day, this ordinary place. I didn't know it. So he came to a certain place, stayed there all night because the sun had set. Now, that kind of tells me, and I know I'm thinking a lot about the verses, but that's really how we're supposed to read the Bible. We don't just read it for information. We read it to be transformed. We read it so our mind can be renewed. So it's a good habit to have to put yourself in the place, in the scene, and imagine what's really going on and let the Holy Spirit reveal himself to you. So this tells me that when God gave Jacob that dream in that ordinary place, the place where he was wasn't big enough or too ordinary for the dream that God gave Jacob. The dream was for generations, for, for a blessing for multitudes upon multitudes of people. But he was just in an ordinary place when he received that dream. And there's been many a time that I have been in an ordinary day, nothing special happening, and God speaks a word to me, and my, my first thought is, well, how can that be? How can you break something so amazing from this ordinary person, this ordinary situation, my ordinary resources? Uh, just very quickly, um, when we were in Peru about maybe six years ago, and they had called all the pastors up on stage. So there's a, you know, hundred of us or so. So I was able, as the middle child, to, to securely get in the middle of the group. Um, I'm short, so I, I didn't stand out in any way, which is how I liked it. And they began praying over the pastors. And as I was standing there, just an ordinary conference, an ordinary day, I felt this like heat on my face. I know I wasn't getting ready to faint, you know, I was, maybe I'm getting ready to black out, but it wasn't that. And I felt a light, like something shining on my face. You know, you kind of look around a little bit, you're supposed to have your eyes closed, and I kind of looked around a little bit, and I wasn't in a spotlight. I wasn't in a place that I would feel that, so I knew it was the Holy Spirit about to speak to me. And he started sharing with me things that we have come to know would be lovely, and the lovely project. But he talked about that this was a time that he would bring me out and that he was going to shine his light on certain areas of our church and certain um, outreaches are going to be elevated so that he could use them for his glory. And it was an ordinary meeting. It wasn't, I didn't go thinking, I'm going to hear a word from God. But he knew that I needed to hear something. And he also knew that the dream that he gave me was bigger than the place I was standing, was bigger than what I had envisioned before. So the first thing about this, uh, this certain place is it was a place of uncertainty. And I know that because the Bible doesn't give it a name, doesn't give it a fixed location. It was just a place from where he was on the way to where he was going. 
And I feel like this today, that where I'm standing today, where you are sitting today, it's not where we're going to end up. It's not the final thing. And don't you just say, thank you, Jesus, that it's not the final thing. Yes, Jacob, get comfortable. God has a bigger dream for you. God has a bigger dream for this church. God has a bigger dream for your business. God has a bigger dream for the relationships in your life, a richer dream, a more full dream. But Jacob was in a place at that moment when God spoke to him in a place of uncertainty. There wasn't even a name for where he was. He had stopped for the night. He had left the comfort of his father's house behind him. And he was in a place of uncomfort, a place of darkness. Now, the thing about darkness is it's a time that magnifies fears. Have you ever noticed that? You get a pain in the middle of the night. It's like, oh, this is the big one. Or, oh, I think it's, you have the same pain in the middle of the day. You're out running around. You don't even notice it. But in the, at night, things are magnified. It's a place where a, you can easily be attacked. And you have enemies. Maybe the enemy is fear. Maybe the enemy is anger. Maybe the enemy is pride. But you'll, there's a time, a place of darkness where you've got to wrestle. And maybe you're in that time right now. Think, Lord, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I, don't know, I, I, don't, I can't see my way forward. I know you've called me to this thing. I know you've called me to this business. I know you've called me to this ministry. I know you've called me to this relationship. But I don't see how it's going to happen. About two weeks ago, I was uh, wrestling with some things in my mind and something that I wanted to happen <clears throat> here at the church, and I was struggling trying to make it happen in my own strength, which is always a good thing to do, right? That always turns out well. So, and I, I felt that what I could, all I could identify with, with was frustration. And as a counselor, I know that frustration is kind of like a, a ball of yarn because it's not one thing. And so it's like a mixture of anger and it's like a mixture of impatience and all these different things. And so that wasn't getting me anywhere to know. I'm frustrated, but I had no illumination on my path. And so I prayed a faith-filled prayer. Lord, just help me here. I just, can you give me some help here? Faith-filled prayer. And I went to sleep, and the next day, the Lord spoke to me and said, what you feel is discouragement in this one area. Discouragement. And it was like a light. Jacob, it was like a light shone on my path. I now had a weapon. I now had the enemy that I was facing. Because if you know you're facing discouragement, we can fashion weapons against discouragement. Take our hope in the Lord. There's all kinds of things to do against discouragement. And I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You have illuminated my path so I can see the battle. I can see the enemy that I have to fight. Did the problem go away? Did the situation change? Not yet. But now I know the battle I'm in. Now I know the enemy I'm facing. Hallelujah. Can you see but that makes a difference. When the Holy Spirit illuminates your path and takes that place of darkness, that place of fear. I don't know what's going on. I've left the comfort of that job. I've left the comfort of that relationship. I've left, you know, I said I was going to join a small group, but now they changed my schedule at work. And now what am I going to do? God will come and he will illuminate that next place that he's taking you. 
from there to where you're going. All right. You're uncomfortable yet? Good, good. That's right where I want you to be. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as light as the day. Thank you, God, that we're not stumbling around the darkness, that your spirit will illuminate the path. Darkness and light are the same to you. Hallelujah. So he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. And it was a place of discomfort. was a place of little resource. You have a big dream? We're encouraging big dreams. Well, I don't have any resources. I got little resources. I got no resources. I got nothing. Yes, you do. If the dream is from God, you connect and stay connected with the source, the resources will come. Well, I, I'd like to see that happen. Well, I'll believe with you. I'll believe with you. Your small group leader will believe with you. Your pastors will believe with you. This church will stand with you that God's word is true. A non-conducive environment. I was trying to think of a, an example for this. I thought of a city which I've never visited. I don't know if I'll be able to visit, but it's... It's called Dubai. Most of you have heard of it. It's uh, um, evidently the most expensive city in the Middle East. And it is in the middle of a desert, right? So you would think that even though they have money, lots and lots and lots and lots of oil money, you would think that because they're in the middle of a desert, they would be very limited. And without an imagination, without a dream, they would be. But this city has done a couple of things that are quite amazing, and I've, I've taken the time to... Now ah, he's feeling it. His face is red beat. All right. So they have done something called the Hydropolis. Have y'all... Has anybody ever heard of it, the Hydropolis? They have made the world's first underwater hotel. Now look at... The pictures are a little bit not quite as colorful as I'd like, but that's the bedroom, and you can see all the aquatic life, the sea life going around. There's the dining room. How cool would that be? In the middle of a desert, they have done this amazing, amazing thing. That is so cool to me because someone had a dream to make an underwater hotel in the middle of a desert. Amazing. God is a big dreamer. They also have the world's largest indoor ski resort. How fun does that look? They had tons of pictures, but we, for time we only picked one. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And then there was a, 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 somebody, a sheik or somebody with tons of money decided, I'm going to build a city in the shape of a palm tree. Okay. That was his dream, and he did it. How amazing is this? Imagination, dreaming, big, resources. Jacob, you can get up now. The environment you're in, thank you, sir. That's the last time you'll come to the second service, but there you go. The environment you're in 
should not limit the dream that God wants to give you. The place that you're in today, that uncertain place, should not limit the dream that God has for you. It's not limiting God. If we can just understand that this is temporary, we're on our way from where we came to where we're going. It's an uncomfortable place. We don't want to be here long. It's a little bit scary. It's not conducive to life. But God said, I'm not going to leave you. I will not leave you, and I will perform the thing that I have promised to you. I believe that. One of my dreams for this church, one of my big dreams for this church is that every person here will honor God's word in such a way that we obey it, that we believe it, that we trust it. And his word said he will not leave us. He will perform the thing that he has promised us. Restored relationships are promised because of the cross. Abundance in our life is promised because of our Father. Emotional health is promised. He will do what he's promised. Would you stand with me, please? You're still going to look to God for your dream? If you're sleeping on a stone today, if you're uncomfortable, if you're asking God, God, I just need, a, I just need light for the next step. I don't, okay, I don't have my 10-year plan laid out, and I don't, I'm not asking for my five-year plan. I need to see my next step. Will you illuminate my path? Will you get me out of this uncomfortable situation? But I'm going to trust you. 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 The Bible says, though he slay me, I will trust him. I'll trust you because you've promised. You will perform your word. I'm going to ask you to do something very bold. This is the new year. You have to do new things to get new results. If you are in an uncertain place, an uncomfortable place, dark place, a scary place, I'm asking you to come forward. I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to speak a word over you. If you're in a place where you need a relationship restored, if you're in a place where you need to know that God will come through and give you that next step, I'm asking you to come forward. If you're in a place where you think, God, I don't believe that I have a dream that, that can be fulfilled because I don't believe you're trustworthy. I need my faith to be strengthened. I want you to come forward. He is a good Father, he is a good father. He is. He will not fail you. I don't care what you feel right now. I don't care what your eyes see right now. I don't care what your senses are telling you. He is a good God, and he will not fail you. He will not fail this church. He will not fail your marriage. He will not fail your children. He will not fail. He will not fail. He will not fail. He will not fail. He is a good father, and he will not fail. He will not fail you. He will restore. He will repair. He will renew. He will strengthen. He will fortify. He will illuminate. He will comfort. He said, behold, I make all things new. All things. That includes everything that concerns you. I make all things 
knew. Is he trustworthy? Did he say it? Did he mean it? The question is, do you believe it? Will you take hold of it and not turn loose because the time is uncertain? Not turn loose because you don't see the next step. Not turn loose because the night is dark. Not turn loose because you don't understand. You trust Him. You trust Him. He is trustworthy. You trust Him. The, the Word of the Lord says, The desert and the parched land will be glad. Hallelujah. We'll be glad. We'll sing. The high praise of God will be in our mouth. Not the circumstance that we see. The high praise of God. The joy of having Him as our source. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Your wilderness, your relationship wilderness, your economic wilderness, your physical wilderness will rejoice. How can it be? How can things bloom in a desert? Because the God of the circumstance will cause it to be. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. I speak that over you. Don't give up. Don't turn loose. Don't let go. Father, I thank you for your sons. I thank you for your daughters. I thank you for these mothers. I thank you for these fathers. I thank you for these people who have stepped out in faith and said, God, I trust you. I trust you in this uncomfortable place, this dark place. It's, 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 you give me a big dream, but I'm in a small place. So, Father, burst out. Burst forth, Father. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to illuminate our path, to illuminate our mind, to give us wisdom. To bring the people around us that will bring the resources that we need. To produce the resources in us. We bless our boss. We bless our employees. We bless our pastors. We bless our husbands. We bless our wives. We pray for our children and our grandchildren. We bless every relationship that we're in. That we will speak life. We will believe the best. We will speak the best in this uncertain place. We will not be afraid. We will trust you. Because you are trustworthy. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you. We love your house. We love your word. We love that you have said you will be the source of our joy. And it cannot change with the circumstance. It cannot change with the physical condition. You are the source. And you are constant and steady. We thank you, God. We love you. I ask for blessing as we go out. We have put you first this week, Father. Because you are a giver, you want us to put you first. And Lord, we receive the blessing from your hand this week. We receive the financial blessing this week. We receive the promotion this week. We receive restored and repaired relationships this week. We receive it, Father. We receive it. We are open to hearing your voice and to receiving your blessing. We've put you first. Because we know that you are the source. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Happy New Year. For those down front, you don't have to leave. You want to stay, pray, talk, that's fine. Uh, for everybody else, a couple of closing reminders. Remember, Friday night, the 27th, churchwide worship. It's going to be off the chain. Also, please stop by and see Lori at the table to find out who you know that could use the life works. All right? Now, 
also remember, when we change, everything changes. Have a good week. Say to me, I put on the pressure, you could do better, be who you're supposed to be.